In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Sammy Sage I'm having a relationship with my pizza and Aileen Drexler I'm gonna make you girls a hump day treat in a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram just doing my workout Tuesday's arms and back but feels anything but in real life is butter a carb? yes this is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie from people who understand the struggle I am on the third day of my cleanse diet Hello, and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy, and today I am solo hosting. We are doing a lightning round episode today. You all submitted questions on Instagram at Diet Starts Tomorrow, if you aren't aware of that Instagram account. And I'm just going to answer them in quick succession. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna run through these and we have a bunch, so get ready. It's weird to not have someone to like, you know bounce off of, but I'm just going to ask them to myself. So first question, how do you post on IG, keep up with the news and do all your betches stuff? You do so much. I think it was partially that I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. And because of that, I am able to jump around from like thing to thing really quickly And I'm constantly like reading Twitter. That's how I'm keeping up with the news. So like, I'm not just like having a news reading time during my day. I'm reading it throughout the day. With Betches, we have an amazing team. So it's not like I'm running all these accounts by myself. Like I, you know, we have an amazing team, amazing. I run the content team. They are so awesome. And I obviously have my two partners and they obviously, you know, we work together on everything. So it is a team effort when it comes to betches, but it definitely occupies a lot of my time. And then with like posting on Instagram, honestly, if I didn't have have all my betches stuff, I would probably be posting so much more. I just try to post when I have like, you know, something to say, but I wish I could, I wish I could do more content on my own. It's just hard because most of my day is, you know, taken up with Zooms and then every night I do the morning announcements. So I think my brain just enjoys jumping from thing to thing, to be honest. So it sort of helps me, but also prevents me from like paying too much attention, you know, getting too absorbed in anything for that long. But yeah, I, a lot going on here. Okay, next question. If you had a different life and circumstances, what do you think you would be doing? Okay, so growing up, I was sure I was going to be a lawyer. I like watched L, you know, Legally Blonde and Runaway Jury, and I was like, that's going to be me. I am going to be like winning cases based on the rules of per maintenance, and I am going to be like psychologically evaluating these jurors, and it's going to be very exciting. Then I went to take the take an LSAT class and I was so bored and I learned that when you're a lawyer, pretty much all you do is read contracts all day and like make track changes and shit. So I stopped pursuing that. I don't know, like maybe I would have been doing like, I have a feeling that (laughs) I kind of have a feeling that I would have worked in like a corporate job, maybe in like HR for 
the past few years. And then I bet when the pandemic hit, I would have like quit my job to become a writer. I feel like I would have been one of those people who like ended up just like leaving her job during COVID. But I would have, I feel like I would have done a corporate job because I would have been like too afraid to go out on my own if I didn't have like something that I was sure was going to get off the ground. Like we had batches from pretty much the end of college. So, you know, we knew, you know, we could, there was something there that we could pursue. But I don't know if like, I didn't have something like that, if I would have had the guts at that time to pursue anything outside of like, you know, the corporate world with like a steady salary and that kind of thing. So probably corporate job that I would have quit to become a writer. What do you do to ensure you do not compare yourself to people? Okay, well, first of all, I do compare myself to people. We all do it. It is a natural human behavior. Like, it's impossible not to compare yourself to people. And I think that if we as humans couldn't compare ourselves to people, like, I think there's a social value in, in comparison sometimes. It's when the comparison is constant and negative and constantly, you know, landing you on the side of the worst one. Um, that the social comparison becomes really harmful. And I think obviously Instagram, there's now data that proves that that is an issue with Instagram that they're aware of and that they're not doing anything about. If I find myself comparing myself to somebody, I will usually try to think of, let's say, three things that I'm proud of for myself that have nothing to do with anybody else. And, you know, it won't be like, I'm proud that I have more Instagram followers than XYZ person. It's more like, I'm proud that I am using my Instagram in a way that is constructive and feels true to me. Or I'm proud that I have, you know, a happy home and a happy relationship and um, that my husband's supportive of me. Um, You know, I think counting... It's so cliche, but like counting your blessings and thinking about what you feel grateful for, I think helps you be less competitive or comparative with other people because you're no longer running a race. You're just running a race against other people. You're sort of running a race against yourself. And I would think about, I would try to think about life as like, if you do struggle with social comparison as like, not as a race against other people, but a race against you beating your previous best time in any area, whether it's, I don't know, learning a new skill or like how you're performing at work or whatever it is, like, you know, who's getting, who's getting married, you know, are your friends getting engaged before you? Um, I, I think the more that you focus on what you have, what you're grateful for having in your life, easier or the le- the less tempting it becomes to measure yourself against others because ultimately it it isn't really good for your mental health to to constantly be basing your own validation of yourself off of the way you perceive others but i get it it is really challenging and social media and remember social media is built to make you do this so you're not like you're you're not failing you're just living in a world that is sort of rigged to make you do this. And that's tough. So I will give you that. How do you deal with anxiety? I have a very wonderful therapist who I work with on 
who I've worked with for four years. It took four years for me to substantially decrease my anxiety. A lot of changes happened in these four years. I got into a stable marriage. I started intuitive eating. I started medication. I'm currently on medication that seriously reduces my anxiety. If I'm having a panic attack, I have medicine for that. And it really helps. I think there's no shame in in needing to be on medication or wanting to be on medication. You know, I know people are going to say, you know, meditate, take X amount of deep breaths. And I do think, you know, if you if you are in the practice of meditating or if you have like, you know, a, a daily practice, I know a, I know working out can reduce anxiety because it gets you out of your head and into your body. So that's another option, you know, maybe like a 10-minute run, a 10-minute tough workout could help if you're in the throes of it. I find changing my environment is helpful if I'm having a lot of anxiety at one moment. Like if I'm in my room, I'll go maybe in the other room or I'll go outside or I'll go for a walk. Walking definitely is a huge help. If you are willing to practice breathing techniques to like get good at them, they will be able to help you with anxiety in the moment when you have it. But if you aren't practiced at them, they probably won't work as well. Um, So it depends like what works for you. But I won't lie and say that I think medicine has been incredibly helpful at just getting me to like a stable baseline where my anxiety is not constant. It is just overall more manageable. Do you want your kids to be raised Orthodox? Absolutely not. For anyone who's wondering what that question is about, my in-laws and Avi's family are Orthodox Jews. We are not. We don't want to raise our kids Orthodox. We're very much of the do what you want camp. Next one. Has your intuitive eating journey made a difference in your relationship with Avi? Yes. It has made me overall much less anxious, and that makes our relationship so much easier. A, I don't feel insecure about like him judging me for my eating or for my body. And that has come a little bit with intuitive eating and being, you know, together longer also and and seeing how he's reacted to these body changes and seeing that he's been accepting about them. Um, But I'll say that the biggest difference probably was when we were traveling, traveling on our honeymoon and past trips that we had been on, I would have severe anxiety and um, I would be really anxious about what we were going to eat, where we're going to eat. I would still be counting calories. I'd be trying to eat as little as possible on vacations. And I didn't realize it until I went on a vacation without having those eating things. And look, I don't know if it was the medicine or the intuitive eating, but I experience significantly less anxiety. And I think it's because on this on this honeymoon. And I think the part of the reason is because I was not freaking out three times a day every time we would go to a meal and having to worry about like, am I eating too much? Are there too many calories? Like, what if we eat again later? And it just enables, I think being less anxious around food just sort of enables me to go about life with more ease. And that makes my relationship better because I'm less tense. When you're less tense, you're less you know, likely to start a fight or something like that. On a on a similar note, someone asks, if you're having a bad body image day, do you talk about it with Avi? I do. Not every time. It depends, I think, like how much it's affecting me and then how much time or like we spending 
one-on-one together because like if I'm you know let's say we're both working one day and like I'm feeling crappy about my body image and he's working like you know we're not really like interacting so much throughout the day that I need to like put it on him but let's say we're somewhere for the weekend or you know at a wedding and I feel kind of shitty about how I look I do tell him I'll just I'll just say like I kind of try to just keep it like a little bit objective because I used to ask him like do I look fat do I look skinny and he he didn't mind answering but he thought it was like a little annoying that I was constantly asking so now I will just say something like I'm really not feeling good about how I look and he'll usually say something like that's okay like it happens some days um he also will like tell me I look good but I uh I don't know if like that is the best thing for me to be leaning on because it's still me seeking validation from him when I need the validation from within. Um, But yeah, I talked to him about it. It helps to just get it off my chest. Um, And he's really understanding about it. I wouldn't be ashamed to talk to your significant others about these problems because they help to understand, it helps them understand you better. And overall, it helps them see like a different side of you and enables them to kind of, you know, show how understanding they are. And it helps you just, I don't know, see them in a different way, a better way, a positive way. How do I practice intuitive eating if my doctor put me on a restricted diet? I am not a dietitian, but I don't know that that, that those two things are compatible. My recommendation would be to find an intuitive eating dietitian and talk to them about it because I don't want, I don't know why your doctor put you on that diet. There could be a really good reason for it. So I don't, I don't feel comfortable necessarily telling you what to do, but I don't know that those two things are compatible. So I would talk to an expert about how to potentially work within those confines or understand why the doctor had you, had you on that diet. Okay. How do you reconcile Botox with body acceptance? Not judging, just trying to figure it out to myself. Honestly, I'm just not trying to reconcile them. I want to get Botox. It's going to prevent me from having as bad wrinkles later. And I just like getting it. I don't know. It it feels good. I don't I don't feel like it's like drastically changing me in a way that it's like if I didn't get it, I couldn't accept my forehead or whatever. Um I think this is emblematic of an issue that women face in all types of areas where we're being told, accept yourself, love yourself, but also look perfect and get Botox and have no wrinkles. We're told, you know, be nurturing, but also be assertive at work and be the be a mother and be perfect and there for your kids, but also you should be making money and, and uh, you know, showing show modeling being a career woman for your kids. So I think this is just one of those catch 22s that we're forced into as women living in this world where there's lots of treatments you could get to improve your appearance. And there's these signals that it's like you have to both accept and love yourself, but also you have to change yourself. So honestly, do whatever the fuck you want. And um, life is a journey. Body acceptance is a journey. Just like, fuck that bullshit. Like I just wouldn't even, I wouldn't like try to worry about it too much. Like, don't think of like, am I hypocritical? I'm trying to accept my body, but I'm getting Botox. Like, no, if you want Botox, just get your Botox and work on your body acceptance. Like 
we're not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. And anyone who expects a woman to be perfect is putting her into a trap that she can never get out of. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, any advice on how to not feel uncomfortable when all your friends are skinnier than you? I am this person. I am this person who all my friends are skinnier than I. 
sometimes I feel a little uncomfortable, mostly in that like, you know, I can't share outfits at the moment with them or like, you know, if we go on a trip, I can't just borrow a shirt from someone or something like that. But um, and I do feel a little uncomfortable, you know, those getting ready hours of a bachelorette party or when everyone's like parading out in their outfits and they look thin. And I just guess the word, I guess what I can say is like, I just kind of like power through that discomfort. Like not every moment of my life is going to be comfortable and, and, you know, having me feel, you know, like the most confident, best version of myself. Like I'm on top of everything and, you know, it's okay. Your my friends are thinner and I have other, other redeeming qualities that they may not have. And I know that we get a lot of signals that like none of your redeeming qualities count if you're not also thin, but that's not true. And you deserve more than to, than to have that be the way you think. And your friends love you for you, I I hope. I don't think they're hanging out with you because you make them feel thinner than they are or because, you know, it helps them have someone bigger to compare themselves to. I would concentrate on building your relationships with your friends, having fun, being yourself, leaning into your good qualities, and just kind of powering through those uncomfortable moments when you're not feeling your best. They come and go. And the more you learn how to sort of move through those moments and not let them be like a referendum on your being or not make it mean that you have to go on a diet on Monday, um, I think that really helps. Along those lines, how to not feel uncomfortable when people notice your weight gain. I don't know if there's any advice I can give you that's like how not to feel uncomfortable. Like there's no discomfort on off switch. I think, again, this comes with like over time building confidence, building self-esteem, building sort of belief in yourself for things that are not related to weight. People are going to notice your weight gain. They're going to notice your weight loss. And part of, I guess, part of why it's so detrimental that people put so much emphasis on weight loss is part of because of the flip side of like, you know, if they're complimenting your loss, what are they thinking about your gain? Look, like you, I, I know what it feels like. People sort of look at you, they do the once over, they're like, hmm, something's different, not in a good way. I mean, it's, it is uncomfortable. I think, again, like you might feel discomfort and it might just be something to move through and to remember I'm the same person. I have these redeeming qualities of mine, regardless of whether I'm a little bit bigger right now. And, the more you work on body neutrality and body acceptance, I think it becomes easier to just sort of like move through that discomfort and realize that like it's okay if people give you the once over and they're not they don't approve. Like no one's perfect, they're not perfect. And over time I think it gets easier the more you work on sort of those like other personal things. Okay, let's do a little um a little lighter favorite fast food item fries from mcdonald's duh if you had to choose your last meal what would it be that is depressing to think about but it would be pizza and birthday cake white sauce or red sauce Mm, red sauce favorite sandwich i really love on like a panini i love like a prosciutto and salami with a mozzarella cheese spinach uh tomatoes cherry tomatoes not big tomatoes balsamic pesto and have that all grilled so it's thin and crunchy that's my favorite sandwich 
Have you been eating breakfast? What's on your breakfast menu? Sometimes I eat breakfast. It depends on like the day and my hunger level, but I'll usually do, I'll usually have a coffee and athletic greens together um, as my start. Sometimes I'll have an English muffin with like a little cheese on it or lox or arugula or spinach or something. Sometimes I will do like toast with butter and jam. Sometimes I'll do like you know, a plate with like some avocado, some lox, some cheese, some bread, you know, half an English muffin or a whole English muffin, whatever I'm I'm in the mood for. If it's a weekend, maybe I'll do eggs low and slow. Those are really good, but that's usually more of like if I have more time. Okay. What are you least slash most secure about yourself? Oh, this is, um, I guess I'm least secure about my weight. Yeah, I'm least secure about my weight. And I am most secure about my, oh, this is going to sound so douchey. I'm most secure about my intelligence. I, I know that sounds really douchey, but like people, like my whole life, that was like the adjective people would just use to describe me. And so I just feel like confident that I'm smart. Not that like, oh, I'm like the smartest person and I can do anything. But like, I do feel like I just have like, a certain level of raw intelligence that I am secure in that I don't question. I know that sounds so obnoxious, but you guys asked. <laughs> okay. Is there a style or look you, you love, but you think you can't pull off? Um, I could keep you here all day and show you just like every clothing website that I don't think like every uh, so much. Anything with cutouts, anything with those strings that are really big right now. You know, those dresses that are like, I don't know who makes it, but it's like, it's kind of like a halter top. The boobs are there. There's a cutout in the stomach. And then there's sort of like a, it's a long maxi dress-ish. It's very popular right now. That kind of look with the cutouts and the, and the uh, strings everywhere, that's not happening for me. Okay. How comfortable do you feel with your new body movement and daily life, not looks? I'm starting to feel a little bit better because I'm working on getting more in shape, not even like from a weight standpoint, but I'm trying to like be more agile, I guess, like by moving more, trying to not get winded when I go on like walk up a hill. (laughs) So I'm I'm starting to feel more comfortable, but the pandemic really did me in like those months of sedentariness and like fear, (laughs) like pretty much like uh, November through January, February, maybe we're just like horrible, slow, sedentary down months for me. And um, I still feel like I'm recovering from them, to be honest with you. This is a good question. Should I confront my friends about criticizing other people's physiques? Depends. I think it depends on uh, the situation your friends, what they're like, how accepting are they, how open will they be to you saying that. But if you, you know, I think maybe you could say like one-on-one to someone you feel comfortable with, who you think would be receptive. You could be like, next time you hear them do it, be like, I don't know if it's so nice. Next time you say like, you hear them say like, oh, she gained weight. You can say like, I don't know how nice it is if we, you know, comment on her weight. Or you could be like, I don't want to comment on her weight, but X, Y, Z. You could just, another thing you could do to sort of like, ease people into this is you could whenever you are in a group and people talk about like weight or someone else's weight or maybe they gained weight blah 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 you just don't have to partake in that conversation and you know if people make a joke maybe just like don't laugh at it or just kind of like 
maybe try to change the subject or like just don't really engage. And I think over time, people will understand that you are not the person to come to about this. And like maybe they'll still do it behind your back, but like it will at least help that they're not, you know, they know that there's like some situation when they shouldn't be doing this um, and that you don't like it. And I think maybe that will maybe change some of their minds. But again, this is very situational. And I think like you don't need to make a whole confrontation about it, but you can definitely like make your feelings known and asserting those feelings without being too, you know, making yourself feel too weird about it. Now we have questions. This is, I think, maybe one of my last sections. How is your wee journey going and how has intuitive eating been going while still enjoying smoking? I mean, my wee journey is still going. I love weed. It's just too much. Um, so actually when I came back from our tr- our honeymoon, I wasn't really smoking as much. Then about like, I guess we've been home for about a month. So like I started smoking kind of like gradually a little bit more and I was finding it harder to intuitively eat because I think probably after not smoking for a while I was getting the munchies more and I was you know eating a lot of desserts and I could tell that it wasn't intuitive and that it was munchies so I actually just spoke to my therapist about this yesterday and she and I are kind of working on some new ways to practice kind of like it integrating continuing to integrate like intuitive eating when I do want to smoke and maybe like rethinking kind of the situations that I'm smoking in like make so that I don't you know feel like I'm doing it too much and I don't feel like I'm over smoking if you will but I also got this CBD uh, pen it's called whistle I am working with them I will disclose that they're on my Instagram and that actually sat has started satisfying my like oral fixation need to smoke It's like a CBD vape and it's really great. And that has definitely been helping with some of my smoking instances. So it's a journey, definitely. And it's not always compatible with intuitive eating, but I'm working on kind of figuring out, you know, how to manage that because I do think that it, I kind of think it keeps me at a slightly artificially higher weight than I would be. And that's just an observation from, you know, not really smoking for a month. So I don't know. That's It's a journey. Call it a journey. Let's close out with uh, two sort of similar questions. Best piece of advice for accepting your body at a higher weight and tips to manage your worst body moments. Okay. Let's do accepting your body at a higher weight. <sighs> I don't know if this is like a tip, but it is something that I think about a lot. And that is that our beauty standards are arbitrary they're new. It wasn't until like the industrial revolution that being um, thin was considered a symbol of status. It used to mean that you couldn't afford food. And I think, and this is obviously, that's not helpful because now the standards are thin, but it might be helpful to your own mind in thinking like, like, why do I automatically associate fat or heavier as being ugly? And maybe starting to like understand that that is a societal associate, an association that society has helped you form rather than like an objective, an objective beauty standard that might help kind of see yourself, be able to see yourself 
not automatically as unattractive because you see weight or you see more weight than you're used to. And like really looking on one of the episodes with Jordana, we, we talked about like looking at your naked body and like getting used to it. Maybe the more you sort of like get acquainted with your body and see it as not like objectively bad just because society has created these standards and instead see it as like, this is me. This body has taken me through 20, 30 something years and it's kept me healthy, hopefully. And trying to just think about the things that like your body has done for you. Maybe, you know, you were able to walk to the subway this morning. Just thinking kind of like all the positive things that it does. Like I think, look, like I am not here. Like I just said, my my thing I'm most insecure about is my weight. But I think I have made some strides and reminding myself of like how faithful my body has been to me, despite how shitty I treat it and how badly I talk about it my whole life. It has really done so much for me just because it's 2021 and we decided that, you know, what I look like, you know, what I look like is not aligned with the perfect beauty standard does not mean that I am not beautiful or you are not beautiful. It just means that you don't look like the magazines. So that is all the advice I have for today. I hope that this was a helpful lightning round. And if you like this, let us know. We can maybe do more of them. Um, In the meantime, follow me at Sammy. Follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Please rate and review. Please leave us a nice review. We would really, really appreciate it. If you're interested in being part of DST Back for Seconds, we have an episode coming out with our friend Alexa. Um, It's just me and her because Aileen saw maternity leave, obviously. That is coming out on Monday. You'll also, if you do sign up, you'll also get all our episodes ad-free and you'll get them a day early in your feed. So please subscribe. Consider subscribing. Try out the trial. Email us at DearDST at Betches.com with any DearDST questions or non-scale wins. And I think that is it. And I'm always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong and Sean Kilby. Social media by Sydney Rafe. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.